Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters, your go-to spiritual development podcast. I'm your host Hannah McIntyre and I am so excited to have you here. Join me and other great guests as we explore what it means to be a medium, the work that we need to do and the questions that we need to ask for our own development and unfoldment. I'm so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Just to let you all know that my book, You Are a Medium, You Just Don't Know It Yet, is available to purchase on Amazon or via my website, www.hannamedium.co.uk. I am incredibly proud to be able to say that it is already an Amazon bestseller and I'm so grateful to all of you for your reviews, comments and feedback. Um, If you haven't already, please do check it out. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters with me, Hannah McIntyre. How are you doing? So today I want to talk a bit about some musings of my mind which might be entertaining and might be deathly dull. Ha! What are you going to do about it? It's been such an interesting journey yet again I've been on recently, very much feeling like I've been existing in the tower uh, card, just being broken down and broken into small pieces so I can rebuild better, different and I've done this process many times. You think that I'd be old hat at it, but it's still a challenge to experience and sit in and sit through. And one of the problems in my non-stop exhausting pursuit of excellence in my mediumship and it never feeling good enough for me and therefore me sucking all of the joy out of it repeatedly has created some big wobbles in the the work that I'm doing and what is happening. And I guess really I'm reconciling my own expectations of what is possible versus what actually is possible for me and my mediumship, but for all mediums actually. And it's fascinating to be in that energy. And one of the things that I've been questioning recently has been, who is in charge of the spirit communicator we get? So you will, some of you will know the story of uh, the lady that asked me to do a reading for her when we were on a course and we'd been away for a week and she'd had spirit link after spirit link after spirit link and nobody had managed to get hold of her husband. And when she said to me, I want to get hold of my husband, can you get hold of him? He was right there. 
clear as a bell. And when I say clear as a bell, guys, I mean energetically. He wasn't just saying, this is my name, this is my date of birth, like we think it's going to be. But he was there and he was communicating with me very well. And what is that about? Why did nobody pick him up? Because we often hear when we're developing, uh, the spirit world knows the right person to step forward and work with us. We hear that, don't we? And I think a lot of sitters come to a reading with the kind of expectation that the right person will step forward or prove their love by being the person they want to hear from stepping forward. And it's always a hard thing as a medium when you can tell that the person you're communicating with isn't the right, the person that the sitter wants to hear from. You can tell that that is a difficult experience for everybody. So, yeah, who's in charge of that? Who is creating that? Because one of the teachings that I have had from Spirit over the last year has been that Spirit are omnipresent. You will have heard me say on this podcast, which means they are everywhere all at once, which means every spirit that is connected to you in any way, shape or form is with you right now. Whether that is an ancestor, a spirit guide, a loved one in the spirit world, a loved one in the spirit world that you knew well, a loved one in the spirit world that you didn't know well. Um, they're all present. They're, they they don't have to choose. They have unlimited energy and time. They can be everywhere all at once by being with you. It does not stop them being with somebody else in your family who they might want to see. And so if we know that, and we know that that is how it works, then that means that whenever anybody comes for a spirit link or for a reading, everybody is with them. So therefore, when we reach into the spirit world before we've built that surrender, when we're still seeking, is it in fact the first communicator that we land upon that we start building energy with, rather than the spirit world sending the correct communicator forwards. Now, I do believe that the spirit world is an ultimate intelligence. I really do. They know far more of what is going on than we know what is going on. But what if that is not actually something they can control because it's us that control it. It's us that settle for the first person we land upon. And I keep trying to find a good uh, metaphor for this to talk about it. And the best one I can give you is if you imagine that you were stood in the middle of a really large hall, a sports hall or something like that, and you were blindfolded and you knew that there were 30 flowers out in that hall and you knew that the test was that you had to find the right flower to make the person happy, the sitter happy. You have to find the right flower, but you are blindfolded and moving through that space. As you move through that space, how do you know 
when you come across the first flower that you find and you grab, grapple towards with your hand, how do you know if that is the right one? And actually, the only way to know if that's the right one is to start working with it and feel that energy from your sitter. Which makes it difficult because sitters, if you get through who they don't want to hear from, the majority of sitters will not be very responsive to that. And so it's just something to think about, isn't it, in that of why is it that we don't just say who we want to hear from when we go for a reading? Why is that considered such an absolute no-no? I don't know. I keep thinking about it and pondering within this because in that flower metaphor that I've just given you, metaphor analogy, why do I never know the difference? You know what I mean though. In that example, if you were watching that as a TV show, you would fully expect the person who is blindfolded to pick up the wrong flower because of the odds of it. And so... Why are we so disappointed when a medium does that for us in a reading? And why are we so unwilling to just say, this is who I want to hear from? Because by saying, I want to hear from my grandmother, it's a bit like saying, I want the flower you pick up to be a rose. So then you can pick up one and know it's a daffodil and put it back down. And you pick, can pick one up and know it hasn't got thorns and put it back down. And you can pick one up and you can smell it and you can say, no, that's not right. That doesn't smell like a rose. And you can put it back down. But we don't allow ourselves as mediums to do that. Now, I do still believe that there are certain spirits that it's harder to get hold of or that won't bring the energy because they know it's not the right time for the sitter to hear from them. I've experienced that myself when there have been people that I know are desperately trying to get hold of somebody, but they just haven't been ready to hear from them. And for love nor money, not that the spirit world work with money, we've not been able to get them in. So I understand that. But I think as a general thing, is it not just that we as the mediums are in control of it. And actually, if there's someone you want to hear from, you could make the whole process a lot easier. And there's still shed loads of evidence someone can get. If you say granddad, there's still shed loads of evidence someone can get to prove that that's granddad. So why aren't we doing it? And why aren't we allowing it? And why are we setting ourselves up for a test that we know could go really well, but could also fail? And I think that is why when you are working with mediums, more often than not, you they get grandparents through. Because if you think about the large sports hall, grandparents, most people have got in the spirit world. So you're kind of reducing the area that you need to be seeking for your flower in by half, because you know that most people have got grandparents in the spirit world. So it's an easy, it's an easy link to do. But does it necessarily mean it's the right link to do? I just keep thinking about it. I would love your thoughts because for so long I've thought that spirit are the ones that step control who steps forward. But if they're always there, 
then the control is actually with me. And somebody asked at one of my demonstrations recently if um, I find it easier to work with louder, bigger, stronger energies. And I guess in a demonstration setting, to a certain extent, I do, if I'm honest. Um, Because when you are stood on a stage in a room and you want to keep the vibration high and buzzy and active, you you want those big personalities, those big presences, that kind of person that's going to shine through. And I guess in your nerves with everybody looking at you, you perhaps find it easier to, to link with the ones that are noisier and brighter and louder. And it doesn't mean, I don't mean brighter as in your nan because she was shy has less light. I just mean in terms of colourful personalities. And is that not really in the flower as if you've got a flower that's got a strong scent? So you know there's a flower over there because you can smell it. So you head in that direction. And I know it doesn't always work like that. I mean, I've had babies through. You couldn't get a softer, gentler energy than a baby, could you? But maybe there is something in that that we need to be exploring. That in that moment of reaching, it's also about the compatibility of our personality. So just like in the physical world where there are people that you like and people that you're not so keen upon. Um, There are people that you gravitate towards at a party and people you stay away from. Is there not some sort of naturalness of that happening with spirit too when you are reaching into that unknown energetic space to do mediumship? Now, this is the funny thing, because, of course, in a one-on-one setting, it can be easily corrected because you can feel into the energy of the mediumship triangle. You know that your sitter's not quite on board with who you've got in. And so you say to them, who do you want to hear from? Or you, you reach into the unknown again and you manage this time to get the person that they want. But... Why aren't we just doing that as a matter of course? And why do sitters find that, for want of a better word, offensive? When I was doing one-on-one readings, I started just saying to people, tell me who you want to hear from. And there were some people that were really up for it. And there were some people that acted as if I'd done some sort of mediumship faux pas. Oh, well, no, shouldn't you tell me? Well, I can do. But if it is your second cousin, Jerry, do you want to hear from them? Or is it actually that you want to get hold of your dad? And why aren't we talking about this? If this is how it works, why aren't mediums discussing this? Why aren't we educating people on it? Why are we still acting like we should be able to fulfil a need that perhaps sometimes is impossible to fulfil? Sometimes it can be easily fulfilled. But maybe that is as much to do with who we land on first, as it is to do with whether it's the right person or not. I don't know, I just love chewing all this stuff over and thinking about it. And I guess this is something that's just rattling around in all of this processing that I'm doing at the moment, 
in this trying to be as good a medium as I can possibly be, in this trying to expand into new energies and new connections and new evidence whilst honouring where I've been and appreciating where I've been and I don't know why is it it's just why is it I know why it is such a difficult industry to work in when sometimes it can be okay and sometimes it can be amazing and there seems to be very little rhyme or reason to that. If you can land on the right spirit and fulfill that need. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Need in your city and you've got a good sitter who understands how it works and isn't just sitting there waiting for you to give their name or their password. And they're willing to just enjoy the experience of the spirit link. Then... It can be so incredible. And yet at the same time, once you've had that incredibleness, you want it with every reading. And that's just not possible. Sometimes I think it's worse to do good readings because once you've had that experience of mind-blowing amazingness, you then just go "Mm," to everything else. I really do recommend if you are on the mediumship development journey that you watch a lot of other mediums because I do think that sometimes we tell ourselves that we should be able to do things that nobody else is doing and it can become like an albatross around your neck as you are trying to do the best that you can and surrender to it but also feeling like your best isn't good enough. And sitters often make you feel like that. I've been sitting on the fence of the call of wanting to do one-on-one readings again because I want to help people. I want to reunite people. I want to, to be in that energy, but also just thinking, oh, just can't put myself through another awkward, difficult bad attitude reader not get you know not working with me but working against me with their arms folded and I just it makes me feel sick the very thought of it and I guess I really wish that I was the kind of person where I just didn't care about stuff like that but I do and I am very empathic and it's hard for me to sit in people's isn't really what I was looking for energy and I want to be good and I guess that that desire to be good is what has pushed me forward because I know 
I know my mediumship is better now than it was six months ago. I know it was. I can see the development in myself. And maybe if I'd been happy with where I was at, I'd have coasted and not pushed for more. But equally, boo. So annoying. And, you know, we've talked about the valves and everything like that. There's so many different aspects to mediumship to make a a good reading. And, yeah, you can tell, can't you? I just keep stopping because I'm still processing it all and trying to understand and trying to work my way through it. The question I've got is, or ponderance, why do spirits show us well we see I don't think they do but why do we say spirit has shown me something that a sitter can't take why would they do that now we all know don't we and if you've ever had a reading you will know it. it's hard to be a sitter because you're trying to process you're going through this energy of it you've got your ideas about what you think the spirit was is going to say and then the medium is saying things that aren't expected and you're trying to remember and you're trying to think and you're trying to understand and one of the big things with it is language I can say something one way to somebody and they'll say no but to me I say it the same but using different words and suddenly it's a yes we're in that process all the time but it is always funny to me when you get um, things that people can't verify in readings and I often wonder if it's spirit sending it to us or if it's facts in fact us again landing on the first piece of evidence we get and that actually everything that spirit ever was is right there and accessible in front of you immediately and it's you that is landing on certain aspects and so it's not that the spirit in its intelligence is sending that to you and sending you something that your sitter can't verify because that would be weird why would they do that but they are doing it um we are just landing upon it and it doesn't mean it's less not true but it just means that they they can't say yes to it and I do think at the beginning of a reading we start in the psychic frequency so at the beginning when you are blending with the spirit you are reaching and seeking and true mediumship is actually just in the receiving you're not reaching for anything it's you're not seeking it out it just arrives And so I guess when you've got into that full state of blend and you're fully in the mediumship frequency, you won't get those things because the spirit is controlling and the spirit in their infinite wisdom knows what that sitter can verify and what they can understand. And then you can't be in control of things that they might have forgotten about in the moment of the pressure. But up until that point, you could just be landing on things that are true, but perhaps aren't verifiable Hmm. sometimes people have said things to me in readings have been no's and they've actually turned out to be yeses afterwards and they just got confused in the moment or forgot about it and things like that and I kind of like those bits of evidence to a certain extent, because they just show you're not working psychically, you're not picking up out of somebody's energy because it's not what they're expecting and they can't verify it for you. 
But you've also got to think if you're getting that in a reading all the way through, just piece after piece after piece that cannot be verified and cannot be understood, then is that actually you psychometrizing the spirit, working psychically with the spirit and not moving into that mediumship frequency where you are allowing them to show you the relevant stuff? Because it's interesting, I think, we forget that different people have different perceptions of the people in the spirit world. And the spirit world, in their wisdom, will show you the version that the sitter can understand if you're in the mediumship frequency. So, for example, I once worked with two siblings who had a very different experience of their grandparents. So for one of them, when I worked with the grandfather, he was very chatty, very affable, very charming, very funny. And for the other one, they couldn't understand him as that because they found him strict and restrictive and angry. And there was a big age gap between them. So he had changed over time. But we had to work with different evidence for each sitter even though I was communicating with the same spirit to make it recognizable to both and I think if you're in mediumship the spirit world will do that automatically but at the beginning when you are reaching you are seeing every aspect of that soul through everybody else's perception of them and that's something to bear in mind so how much as a medium Are we in control of what we are getting? How much are we limiting what we are getting by our own expectations, the valves? And how much are we saying is spirit, but actually is something we need to be delving deeper within ourselves? It's easy, isn't it, to let yourself off the hook and say, well, I'm sorry that your mum didn't come through and I got your work colleague from 15 years ago, but that's how spirit wanted it. It's easy to say that. It's easy to say um, your mum wasn't ready to come through yet or you weren't ready to hear from your mum yet. That is comfortable and an easy space to be in. It's less easy to say, okay, I'm sorry, I think I just landed on your work colleague first because they're very similar to me in personality or they're very similar to spirits I normally work with. And let me just finish with them because it's polite, but then I will try and find your mum and make this right for you. And why do we feel to say that would be such a failure? It's like um, relationships. People get so caught up. I often see with students, they can't build any power with the spirit because they're so busy trying to find the relationship. And actually, if the relationship isn't coming to you naturally, that can often cause problems. It always makes my heart sink when I watch a medium and they say, I've got dad, could be granddad, could be brother, could be uncle, could be cousin, could be friend, where they just mean a man is what they mean. And it's understandable to be in that space, but you're actually just holding your mediumship into a space where you are doing what you have decided is correct for your mediumship. And actually, maybe you need to be doing what the spirit wants you to do with your mediumship. And that is the ultimate surrender, isn't it? But that is hard. I'm not sitting here telling you guys that I surrender and it's easy and it's peasy and it's wonderful because I don't and I'm not. And because all this stuff's been coming up for me recently about being real 
in my mediumship and real in my podcast. And it's, I'd love to tell you that that is an easy choice to make, but actually it's, it's brutally painful. It's brutally painful. When I listen back to uh, the first season of my podcast and I hear what I was saying and how I was delivering it. I mean, even now I'm judging this one because I keep going and, um, or because I'm in such a processing energy that it's hard for me to get it into words as I'm feeling the energy of the space. When I look, listen back to my beginning episodes, there's a massive chunk of me, and I mean massive, that wants to take them down, that wants to hide them. They're, they're not good enough. Um, and I feel shame and embarrassment about them. But it would be so disingenuous of me to take them down when all I do is talk about the journeys and how we have to understand it's a process and we can't be perfect straight away. But it doesn't mean I don't want to. It just means I force myself to leave them out there. I've got um, some, I've got obviously the live podcast coming up this week and uh, for supporters of the podcast. And I've got some um, some one-on-one readings that I'm doing and that will be out shortly for you to listen to. And that is painfully, absolutely and completely triggering to me, just to be clear. It's not comfortable, but I also know that I've got to do it. I've got to do it because when I was looking for teachers when I was learning, everything out there was so filtered and edited that I didn't think I was any good. And it's just really hard. I know I'm not the best medium out there. I know I'm not. I know that there are better mediums than me out there. And I'm comfortable with that, actually, because I know that I'm a good performer. I know that I'm entertaining. I know that coming to see me is not like going to see other mediums. And I know that I'm a bit different. But I still feel also at the same time a little bit embarrassed, a little bit like I want to hide it away, a little bit like I wish I could be better and perfect for you all. And riding that wave is painful. And I think that is a wave that you have to ride in permanence to be a medium. Whatever your thing is that tells you you're not good enough, you have to keep on riding it. And that's a big ask. And I think that is why so many people fall off the mediumship wagon. Um, Because it's a painful place to be. But it's also a real place to be. It's a truthful place to be. And the truth is just so important. It's so necessary at this time. So there we go. That's where I'm at at the moment. I'm resisting everything, processing everything, trying to be kind to myself and failing miserably and yet feeling hopeful and excited. And it's not all bad, but it is just such an interesting, sticky, treacle-like quagmire in which I find myself right now. And I wonder if I will ever come out the other side of it. I think this is possibly a permanence for me in this, I'm not good enough, I wish I was better, but I'm doing a good job carousel on which I find myself riding. 
So if you're finding yourself on it, don't hold back, don't stop, don't wait for it to leave because I don't think it will. I think we are stuck like this. Um, But I also know that that is part of my gift because in that, well, why does that work like that? Well, hang on, if spirit are omnipresent, am I tuning into them or are they tuning into me? And all of those questions is how I have learnt. Questions are good. So keep digging deep, keep looking at your work and trying to honour the goodness in it, but being open to newness and expansion in it. And hopefully we can all take mediumship and spirituality into a completely new space. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'm here just to ask you to click that follow button to share the podcast on your social media and leave a review. These things help me so much with reaching more people, getting better guests, getting more information out there. So anything you can do to help would be gratefully received. And I will catch up with you again soon. Thanks for listening.